from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Uh, we have something to look forward to in October. Carolina Panthers adding two more to their Hall of Honor. It's time for us to hit it and quit it. Okay, we'll just keep going. <laughs> Panthers. I've been, I've been, okay, here, like full disclosure here, because I've been, <laughs> the last two months, the last two months I've been sitting you've where been you here. are right yeah, over right here. now. So there's been updates to the computer over here in the producer's room. So all the, the software and the thing where things run through the board has all been rerouted. So I need to like reroute it back to where I had it, and I just have not been able to do that. Because, it's all good. Yeah, so it's that, all good. now we can. There you go. Yeah, there we go. So yeah, we'll, 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 we'll peel back the curtain for the people. Yeah, it's all good. Um, Dennis just relearning what's going on over there. I mean, it's not my fault that things got rerouted. It's yeah. like it's like someone like it's unplugging like, cables and plugging them into new slots. Like, wait a second, who did this? That's happened to me before, like um, back uh, when I was using my camera at WXI. Yeah. Right? And I'm going out shooting things, and then I, all of a sudden I'm out for you know maybe a week. Come back, somebody has used my camera and completely messed up my settings. Yeah. So, like, I'm now at a basketball game trying to shoot somebody like Brandon Childress, and, uh, yeah, I have to redo do my settings in the middle of a game. It uh, it's, 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 it's annoying. I feel you. All right, uh, let's talk about this. The Carolina Panthers are adding to their Hall of Honor, and uh, congratulations are uh, in order for Julius Peppers and also Moosin Muhammad. They will be added uh, to the Hall of Honor on a very special uh, ceremony probably during halftime October 29th at home versus the Houston Texans uh, let's talk about Julius Peppers first off one of the best ever do it of course uh, two-way sport athlete two sport athlete mm-hmm. uh, at the University of North Carolina Chapel Hill uh, went to Southern Nash High School but uh, when he got to the NFL boy he he meant business mm-hmm. he was defensive rookie of the year in, in 2002 uh, three-time first team all pro Three-time second-team All-Pro. Nine-time Pro Bowler. He's a part of the 2000s All-Decade team in the NFL. He's a part of the 2010s All-Decade team. (laughs) He's considered one of the greatest, 100 greatest Bears of all time. He has the most sacks in Carolina Panthers history. And he has the fourth most sacks in NFL history. Yeah. Julius Peppers is going to be um, eligible for a Hall of Fame coming up here really soon. Mm-hmm. If he is not a first ballot Hall of Famer, what are we doing? Literally, what are we doing? What are we doing? Like, why are we overthinking this? Because everything that I just rattled off, like, and uh, I was talking to uh, Mark Bergen from WRL earlier, and he was saying uh, he's heard some people's arguments against him that he never once led in any season the NFL in sacks. Okay. And I'm thinking... So what? So what? He's fourth all time in the NFL. Yeah. Doesn't matter if he didn't have a a, a one particular season where he led. From 2002 until when he stopped playing in 2018, my man was sacking a quarterback. Yeah. (laughs) Does it matter he didn't lead the NFL? I mean, how many times did did John Elway lead the league in passing? I I don't know, but here's the thing. Doesn't matter. He's still one of the best to ever do it, right? Right. right. P- 
Peyton Manning didn't lead the NFL in passing every single year. Did Tom Brady lead the league in he passing? He threw a lot of interceptions the first six yeah. years. Well, you know what? Did Tom Brady lead the league in passing every single year? No. He's still one of the best to ever do it. It's, it's amazing what that guy did in 17 seasons in the NFL. He, he, he averaged nearly 10 sacks a season. And that's, and that's another part, too, is the fact that as a defensive end, he was able to stay healthy for that long yeah. to play 17 years. There's people who can't make it 17 years in the NBA because of health. He was able to play football on the line, the most violent sport, and do 17 years. Here's here's the crazy thing. This this is, I think, longevity, I think, matters when Absol- it comes to all things. Longevity Absolutely. matters. He missed four games as a rookie in 2002. In 2007, he missed two games. Otherwise, he played 16 games every single season of his career. Like, he missed six games in 17 seasons. The dude missed six. That's it. That kind of stuff, in my opinion, does matter. When he came back to the Panthers in 2017, dude still put up 11 sacks. Yeah. Yeah. He was still really good. And, And we were talking about an old Julius Peppers. Maybe he'll crack into the rotation. Type of thing. Yeah. And he was still one of the best. Also, we can't forget about Moose Muhammad, uh, one of the best wide receivers uh, to ever play for the Carolina Panthers. It was amazing seeing him and Steve Smith together. I mean, that is the best mm-hmm. duo uh, that the Carolina Panthers has ever had as far as uh, wide receivers uh, in their history. And um, I think back to the Super Bowl where the Panthers lost to the Patriots. I think Super Bowl 38. Mm-hmm. And uh, Moose Muhammad, I think it was an 85-yard touchdown that he caught. And just so many big-time moments that he had during that period. And it really made you feel, as a Panthers fan, that uh, this is a team, a promise, a team that could really go far and do a lot of great things. He was one of those pieces that made you feel good about being a Panthers fan. Yeah. He's, like I said, one of the best to do it. One of the best to ever put on a Carolina Panther uniform. I mean, he is, I mean he's a, I'm surprised they didn't do it the moment he retired put him up there yeah but they weren't doing anything hall of honor and all that no. stuff before david tepper arrived so that, that's a different conversation but nonetheless one of the best to ever do it all right let's quit that let's hit this <laughs> all right uh the carolina uh hurricanes uh today is the beginning of their development camp mm-hmm. um you know the players reported got their uh physicals and all that good stuff kind of yeah. done earlier this morning this is where you get all their a lot of their testing and stuff done today but these are all just prospects chris these are guys who were just prospects drafted this right. basically guys drafted in the last like three four seasons and a few camp invites yeah so basically um just to uh just to see where people are at and uh, get a first look at some of the new guys who are going to be in the system who could be potentially Carolina Hurricane stars of the future. Uh, another thing that we're looking out for is more free agency moves. And, Dennis, mm-hmm. uh, you were really pleased while you were on the beach last week seeing what the Carolina Hurricanes did. I was very excited. I think the, I think they overpaid in terms of, do, in terms of dollars per year. I think they overpaid for Dmitry Orlov. Mm. But only having it for two years, they could afford to do it. Yeah. So why not do it? You got your your team got better because of it. He's an upgrade over. He's upgrade in my opinion over Shane Gostaspare. Now the question is, what's the next move? This yeah. team, in my opinion, is not done yeah. making moves. I like I like the Orloff pickup. I like the Michael Bunting pickup in the sense that he's going to be a big body presence in front of the net. And someone that's really going to command a lot of attention in the slot area in front of the net, which I think is going to open things up for guys like Ajo and Jarvis. 
I think because when he was playing in Toronto, he was playing on their top line with guys like Austin Matthews. But guess what? His presence and physicality in front of the net oh, yeah. allowed space for Austin Matthews to operate. And he's and he also fits perfect into Rob Brindamore's system in terms of that guy can get into the corners and retrieve pucks on the forecheck, oh, which, yeah. is, which is what Carolina is built on. So he fits perfectly in with the Carolina Hurricane scheme. I think Orlov from the back end also fits in well with what Carolina does in terms of how he brings the puck up the ice, how he's able to jump into the rush. He can contribute on the power play. You might be able to see, depending on what other moves are made, you might see Brent Burns and Dmitry Orlov as a defensive pair on the power play. Because why not? Both those guys can put the puck on the net. Yeah. That's what you need to do. I mean, I was going to say, like, if you're uh, another team and you're, you're a part of the Ford group and you're looking at the Hurricanes and, and I'm just talking about who's on a roster right now, mm-hmm. you're talking about going up against Brent Burns, Jacob Sla- Slavin, uh, Dimitri Orlov, Brady Shea, Jalen Chatfield, Brett, Brett Pesci. Like, that's is, as good as it gets. Is that a. That sounds like a nightmare to me. Yeah, that's it sounds like a nightmare. Here's the thing: I'm not going to have any room to operate. No, and you you can't manipulate a matchup either. It's like, oh, I can expose another team's third defensive pair because right now the third defensive pair is Dimitri Olaf and Jalen Chatfield. <laughs> that's crazy. Like you can't exploit that. That is crazy. That's the way things think are. About now, the question is this: Is that what it's going to look like in two months when training camp starts? That is the question. I don't think it will. I don't think so. We hear the rumors of Vladimir Tarasenko. Now, Vladimir Tarasenko, it appeared, according to some reports, it was kind of hearsay that he agreed to terms with Carolina. But then he got a new agent. So everything's off the table, kind of starting from scratch. Mm-hmm. We're seeing a lot around the NHL, a lot of guys taking one-year contracts this mm-hmm. season because the salary cap basically was flat, only went up about a million bucks. Mm-hmm. But next year's cap jumps up about 4 or $5 million. So, t- so some guys, we're seeing guys like Tyler Bertuzzi or even or, or other some of these other top free agents just sign one-year deals because they know they can bank on that three- or four-year contract with the value that they want coming next season. They're kind of banking on themselves. Well, Carolina had the cap space, hence why they are able to pay Dimitri Orlov $7.75 million. But yeah. if you want to get Vladimir Tarasenko, Someone's going to have to move because right now Carolina only has $3 million in cap space. They've used up a lot of it. So you have just over $3 million in cap space. Someone's going to have to move. Also, there's still that reported deal that they have made with the Philadelphia Flyers to get Tony D'Angelo. Well, with what you have together right now, those six defensemen that you mentioned a moment ago, Chris, why would you trade for Tony D'Angelo to be a healthy scratch and pay him $2.5 million? Facts. You're not doing Probably that. Probably don't need him. You don't. Well, here's the thing you're going to bring him in. If you're trading Brett Pesci, yeah, that's the way I view it. Mm. You're got, and here's the thing: they also have a contract still. They tendered an offer to Dylan Coglin, just over eight hundred thousand dollars. So you already have your seventh defenseman. Yeah. So again, you're not going to make that move to get D'Angelo if unless you are going to trade one of your current defensemen. You ain't trading Jacob Slavin. No. You just you're signed not. Orlov. You ain't trading him. Jalen Chatfield's cheap right now. You're not moving him. No. You're not, because he makes less than a million bucks. So, okay, who's that leave? Brett, Brett Pesci and Brady Shea. Those guys have modified no-trade clauses where they can submit a list of teams, depending on their contract, maybe like 10 or 15 teams, to say, you know what, I don't want to go to these teams. I don't want to get traded to these places. So that can hold things up as well. 
Uh, but you know what? You can also just run with that six, and let's see how things go. Either way, on paper, the way I view this team, in my mind, is better than what we saw at the end of the season that went to the Eastern Conference Finals. Because remember, team that went to the Eastern Conference Final, we're getting Svetch back too. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's quit that. Let's hit this. Because I spit hot fire. Rhett Lauder became the fourth Wake Forest pitcher to be taken in the first round since 2018. That's the most of any school in that span. And we just started the MLB draft yesterday. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of local names taken. Of course, Rhett Lauder is from North Carolina, went to Wake Forest. So that's that's amazing. Brock Wilkin uh, from Wake Forest taken at number 18. Uh, uh, for the Milwaukee Brewers. And then also you saw uh, Sean Sullivan from Wake Forest. He's a right-handed pitcher. He's going to the Colorado Rockies. Here's my favorite name in baseball right now. Tell Le- me. James Groover the third. What? From NC State. He Le- was taken James in the second round to go to the Arizona Diamondbacks. I used to love saying his name in highlights. Straight up. Yeah. Straight up because he has an amazing name. Matt Horvath from North Carolina. He's going to the Baltimore Orioles. Um, and there's more uh, as the uh, MLB draft kind of continues today, also tonight, uh, for Major League Baseball. We're going to have uh, the Home Run Derby because it is All-Star Week, and then the All-Star Game is tomorrow. Also, one name to throw in there, Chris, picked fifth overall, Walker Jenkins from South Brunswick High School right here in the state of North Carolina by the Twins. Yes, can't, can't look UNC, over him. A UNC commit. Now, I don't know if he's going to sign. I mean, you're taking fifth overall. Yeah, he's going to sure, be. A I'm sure he's probably going to have gonna a, a pretty good signing bonus. Yeah, go so I doubt we'll see him in a UNC uniform. But kid six three apparently has some just pure raw power. But yeah, shout out South Brunswick High School, Walker Jenkins, fifth overall. I'm not going to sit here and claim I know what Walker Jenkins is as a player. <laughs> but if you're taking fifth overall, you're you're the, you're the guy. You must be pretty good. That's all I'm going to say. I can't imagine. We always talk about this like with the NBA and like scouting. You know, should high school players be eligible to go to the NBA and stuff out of high school? That kind of thing. That's a different conversation. But I cannot imagine being a pro scout and going to high school f- baseball games to scout players. Yeah. Like, yeah. It <laughs> does not. Well, sound fun. here's part of that too is probably a lot of the, the, the travel teams and stuff over the summer. And yeah. you probably can start whittling people down a little bit faster. Same thing with AAU. Uh, and then once you know where people are playing at, then you can kind of, you know, go there. And then maybe, you know, you can find the diamonds in the rough uh, that play for the same team or another team or whatever while you're out there. But shout out to all the kids who are getting um, who are living their dreams right now, mm-hmm. getting drafted with the MLB draft. And that continues through tomorrow. All right, let's quit that. Let's hit this. Do the Chris Paul. Do the Chris Paul, y'all. All right, Chris Paul officially <laughs> introduced. <laughs> Uh, as a as a as a Golden State Warrior, that's so that's so weird, so weird to say. It really is. Um, and uh, he was speaking to reporters yesterday, talking about the respect he already has for his new teammates. It's coming right now. It w- it will. Once again, I haven't logged in over here on this computer in a while. <laughs> Things are freezing up over here. I'm just going to let you know that because right now the the everything is just. You know what? It's on vacation. It's all good. Everything's on it's, summer it's summertime. All right, here's Chris Paul talking about respect with his teammates. There's always a respect there, too, when you compete like that against guys. You know what I mean? And yeah. obviously fans always want the insight. Y'all talk. Did this happen? You know, uh, Clay, 
for all those years, I would be running around chasing Steph and Clay would be guarding me, you know? So there's a respect there. Me and, me and Clay talk when we play, you know? And I think Draymond is sort of like, uh, I always say when people ask me who's the one player that I didn't get to play with that I wish I would have, and I always say Kevin Garnett. And it's because the first three times I ever played against KG, we both got double techs. <laughs> we was about to fight every time. But it was because he was like-minded like me. You know what I mean? I think that's the way with Draymond. I know he competes just like I do. So it's going to be, you know, definitely dope to see us now as teammates. Uh, it's going to be amazing to see what they end up doing with Chris Paul there. Um, you know, I, I'm thinking that since the – the thought process behind this since the Warriors led the NBA in turnovers last year, 1,336 of them to be exact. Uh, you're going to have somebody, whether he's coming off the bench or he's starting, who can help quarterback that second unit coming uh, if he does end up coming off the bench and can cut down on that those turnovers. Because one mm -hmm. thing that Chris Paul does do, he takes care of the ball, and he's going to dish the ball out. Another, A lot of people also feel like this is a good play because Steph, Clay, Draymond, they have their thing going on. Yeah. They feel like this is a good play to get guys like Moses Moody and Jonathan Kaminga mm -hmm. uh, a little bit more acclimated to the NBA game that they haven't quite fit in with the Warriors are doing. So now you bring in uh, somebody like Chris Paul who's made people better at every stop. Think about it like this. Uh, Blake Griffin and uh, DeAndre Jordan, when they haven't played with Chris Paul, they don't make any noise. No. DeAndre Ayton looked like a bust. Chris Paul came to Phoenix. All of a sudden, he's getting max deals. Mm -hmm. James Harden, the closest that he was able to get to possibly making it to the finals was when Chris Paul was on his team. Yeah. Did not get there because Chris Paul got injured. Had nothing to do with what James Harden did. Chris Paul is going to make this team better, and people are worried about the fit. I think the fit really comes when it uh, with that second unit and also having a, a, a another person who can pass the ball when he is uh, on the floor towards the end of the game. All right, let's quit that. Let's hit this. Oh, my God. The NBA Cup is here, Chris. Love it. NBA the Cup. NBA Cup is here. Starting uh, this year, it's the in-season tournament for uh, the NBA uh, there's a lot of details right now online, but basically here's what's going to happen. Uh, you have the Eastern Conference, Western Conference, three groups in each conference. Each group has five teams in them. The winner from that group play, you're going to play each team once, was going to go on to the knockout round and then plus the other team who has the next best record uh, in, the each, in each conference. So eight teams, knockout round. Then you're going to get to the semifinals and the finals. That's going to be um, in December. That's going to be in Las Vegas. And the winner, there's money attached to it. There's going to be uh, a great trophy attached to it. And besides the last two games, these games count towards the regular season. Dennis, it's one of the best things the NBA has done to make the regular season matter. I like it in the sense that in terms of how it's played, it's almost like the World Cup. Like you said, group play. Yeah. Then you go to the knockout yep. stage. It's like the World Cup. But again, these count as regular season games. You're not adding games to the regular season with the exception of the championship, I think. Yeah. Um, again, but there's financial incentive for these guys to do it and in the month of november when these games are played on tuesdays and fridays you might see a higher level of play plus there's more of a conversation around the nba and why these games matter more as opposed to hey it's game 12 of the regular season between the wizards and the and the hornets cool but that game might be hey winner of this one wins their group yeah 
So there's there's actually there's stakes to it. So there's going to be more conversation around these games. I like it. I think it's neat. It's a fun thing to try. Guess what? If it doesn't work, you go back to just playing an 82 game regular season. That's all you do. But I like the fact that you're keeping these games more involved. Also, you'll start to see star players play in these games too because these things are going to matter as well. We've seen the NBA kind of adjust right now uh, to what we've seen. A lot of players sitting out, load management, that type of thing. And uh, with the new CBA that just went into effect July 1st, now yep. you have to play at least 65 games uh, in order to be a part of, to get any type of honor, MVP, you know, whatever other honor that you can potentially get. That also impacts if you're going to be on an all-NBA team. And if you're on all-NBA teams, then you'll be eligible for max extensions. Uh, so now the NBA is working harder towards making it mandatory for players to play. Um, they have guaranteed contracts. So it's not like if you sit out, you're going to miss that game's check. No, you're still going to get paid for that game. Mm -hmm. So there's really not a lot of incentive to play. Now there's incentive to play. I love the the adjustment by the NBA, and I feel like it's going to be a good thing. Is Chris Paul finally going to win this championship? Just saying. That's funny. <laughs> that is funny. Let's quit that. Let's hit this. Man, you corny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Dennis, over the weekend, uh, a couple of um, guys that are going to be potentially playing in this area in college basketball had a really good weekend. Uh -huh. uh, you have the Boozer twins, Caden and Cameron, and they were going against the Flag twins, which is Cooper and Ace. Well, let's take Ace out of it because he's not really highly recruited. Cameron and Caden, uh, they're very highly recruited. And, of course, their dad is Carlos Boozer. Uh, a lot of people think that Duke is a lock. The twins said, nope, Duke is not a lock. Come recruit us. And you know who's doing that? University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. Yeah. They brought three coaches down there to the Peach Jam over um, down in uh, in Georgia over the weekend. And the Boozer Twins um, and their team, the Knight Riders, they beat Cooper Flagg and his team 58-50. to 50. A lot of people are, are saying that Cameron Boozer is one of the best all-around players right now. He's class of 2025, 6'9". Uh, can dominate in the paint, also can uh, stand out there and shoot. His brother is uh, is more of a point guard. He's six foot three, but Cooper Flag is the one that a lot of people are excited about. Mm -hmm. Some people are thinking that after Victor Wembanyama, the next big name that people will be talking about for the NBA draft, Cooper Flag. Now Cooper okay. Flag right now is class of twenty twenty five. He has the ability to reclass and come out next year in twenty twenty four, and He's being really recruited heavily by the Duke Blue Devils right mm. now. Uh, some people are saying that he's Andre Kirilenko with a better shot. Okay. Okay. Woo. That's that's a that's a pretty lofty comparison. Hell to make. of a comp. That's a it's a lofty comparison to make. I I hate making those comparisons because now people are expecting like, well, you're not as good as this guy because you're compared to him. So why aren't you good as him? Uh, it's nice to see some of these young talent. Hopefully staying in the state of North Carolina or coming to the state of North Carolina. Yeah. That's what matters most, Chris. Cooper Flag uh had put up a lot of big time um stats. He had a couple of triple doubles this past weekend. Okay. And one of those in the triple doubles was from blocks. What? Wait, hold on. Yeah, he, he had a couple blocks? triple doubles. Couple of triple doubles. Yeah. Double 
digits in points, rebounds, and blocks. All right. Okay. He's six foot nine. That's impressive. Def- plays defense. Plays his butt off on defense. That is. Impressive. And also has a shot, boy. So there's a chance that we could be seeing him on Tobacco Road. Chance we also see the Boozer Twins on Tobacco Road. Hey, 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 hey. Did you know that your unused medications could end up in the wrong hands? It's important to keep your medication secure in a locked location, such as a locking box or locking cabinet. When it's time to dispose of them, safety and properly dispose of old, expired, or unused meds by using an at-home disposal product or a medication disposal box in your community. Don't miss out on medication take-back events happening near you. Don't let anyone take what's yours. Lock your meds. Be aware. Don't share. Learn more at lockyourmeds.org nc. Julius Peppers, Mushi Muhammad in the Carolina Panthers Hall of Honor now. As they should be. Absolutely. Question for you is, Chris, we know Cam Newton's going to eventually get in there, right? As he should, uh, right? Yeah. I mean, put him in there now. And that's that ceremony is probably going to happen with him by himself. Like, yeah. let that be the Cam show. Exactly. Which I'm 100% okay with that. Dude. Absolutely. Now, we talked to you and I a couple weeks ago that what would the Carolina Panthers look like had Andrew Luck come out in the NFL draft the year he was eligible, which was the year that the Panthers drafted Cam Newton? Yeah. Andrew Luck would have been the number one overall pick. How different would the NFL look? How different would the Carolina Panthers look? Again, based Ooh. on the decision of one person. Yeah. Now, they're both out of the league. Andrew Luck retired a couple years ago, just dealing with so many injuries. Like he was tired of dealing with rehab. I totally get it. It's your body. I totally get it. Cam Newton hasn't been in the NFL for a couple seasons, or really for a season plus, because no one signed him. Yeah. Now there's debate going on, Hall of Fame worthy. Cam Newton, is he a Hall of Famer in your mind? I'm borderline on it. I kind of lean towards no, because, again, what we talked about with, with Julius Peppers a little bit ago in terms of longevity, the longevity isn't quite there for Cam. But when he was in, or when he was playing, man, was he special. All right, let's just set it up like this. Let's talk about what these two have accomplished in, the, in, in their careers. A lot. Um, um, uh, Andrew Luck will be eligible for the Hall of Fame next year. I don't. I don't put him in. So here's as talented as great as he was. I don't put him in. Here's uh, what it looks like for Andrew Luck. Right mm-hmm. in his um, first six seasons in the NFL, he had 171 passing touchdowns. That's third all-time, trailing only Dan Marino and Patrick Mahomes in their first six years mm-hmm. of playing in the NFL, right? that Those are amazing stats. Yeah. 23,671 passing yards. Uh, that's fourth all-time, trailing only Peyton Manning and uh, Marino and Mahomes. He has 275.2 passing yards per game, third all-time, trailing only Matthew Stafford and Mahomes. Now, that was, of course, in his first six years. All right? Yeah. The part for me it, that you pointed out is the longevity. Mm-hmm. Um, and what did he do of note as far as winning? Like, the stats are, are cool, but do you remember a signature game from Andrew Luck where you said, he's arrived, he's he's that guy? Yeah. You know, he, he got his team to the Super Bowl. He got his team to the AFC uh, championship game. I don't have a game like that in mind. So, if he probably would have played – two or three more years, if he would have retired now and on the same trajectory he was on, 
I think he's a Hall of Famer. Maybe. But right now, with that, just that, no. Mm-hmm. I do not. I, I generally try to not lump in team success to a, a to an individual player. I generally try and stray away from that because we're looking at what this individual did. So there there is the reliance on the rest of your team, you know, in terms of, for example, are you going to – it's it's funny how we only assign wins and losses to, to quarterbacks, uh, It's <laughs> yeah. which is weird, yeah. because a lot of people will, will debate Eli Manning, but if you want to throw wins and losses, he's yeah. a 500 player. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's like yeah. – and he made the playoffs twice. Yeah, they won the Super Bowl both times, but, you know, so again, how do you tie in team success to all that? To me, longevity absolutely matters. Andrew Luck, as great as he was and as talented as he was – I'm sorry, I just don't buy it. You played six seasons. The reason why I'm the same thing with like Terrell Davis should not be in the Hall of Fame. You played four seasons. You had a great four seasons, but you're not you played four seasons. That's it. You well, had a great four year run. To me, Terrell Davis is not a Hall of Famer. He, I, I, I kind of throw that in the same category with this with Andrew Luck. Here's the thing. Uh, you know, you talk about team the team success mm-hmm. portion of it. If the Colts would have won a Super Bowl or two in those six years, along with these stats. I think that probably can push him over into being somebody who could be in the Hall of Fame because I don't think that I don't think that longevity by itself should just take you out, right? No. But but if you end up really like dominating during your time, yeah. No matter how short, I mean the NFL I mean no, it can't be a year, can't be 2 years or anything like that. But if you have like 3 have you if you have like 4 years like Terrell Davis and you are really dominating and you have these eye-popping stats, I think there is an argument uh with it. I I don't think that the uh the short term of his of his playing career automatically takes him out. But I do think that in his case because he didn't play as long and because uh he didn't get a chance to to dominate on the level that he possibly could have dominated in mm-hmm. if he would have stayed playing, that it does kind of take him out of the conversation. Yeah. If that makes sense. But yeah, I, I get what you're saying. But just because you have a great, like, four or five or six-year stretch to me, the, the Hall of Fame is the elite of the elite, right? So but in NFL, sometimes it may only be a four or five-year stretch, honestly. But to me, I, I get what you're saying, but – if you're if you're just great in just four years, to me that doesn't put you in the category of what some guys did for ten, twelve, fifteen. Yeah, that's the way I view it. Like, are we really putting these guys in the same category? Because to me, that's not. Like, Tory Holt should be in the Hall of Fame. Absolutely. Like, yes. Terrell Davis should not, because Tory Holt did it for ten plus seasons at a high elite level. That's the reason why. Again, like Andrew Luck, in my mind, no. But this is where Cam kind of gets in a little bit of a debate because well it, he did play for ten seasons. Let's let's read let's read a stat. Sure. Then uh, and here's here's the case for Cam Newton. Mm-hmm. Uh, Twenty fifteen MVP. Okay. One Super Bowl appearance. Three time Pro Bowler. One time First Team All Pro. He's the twenty fifteen Offensive Player of the Year. He's a twenty eleven Rookie of the Year. He has the most rushing touchdowns by a quarterback in NFL history at mm. 75. Yeah. The most rushing t- touchdowns by a quarterback in a season with 14. Mm-hmm. 14. He has 194 passing touchdowns. He has 32,000 passing yards, 5,600 career rushing yards. He basically averaged 500 rushing yards per season as a quarterback. Uh, he's one of four African-American quarterbacks to win the NFL MVP. He was the first to solely receive it. Uh, there's all kinds of other things if you go down his history with this uh, list that I have. But I think those alone, I, I think 
as a pure passer, if you if you're judging Cam Newton as a quarterback the way you've judged other quarterbacks, I can definitely see why you say he doesn't make it. Yeah. But if you're looking at Cam Newton for what he is, mm-hmm. he is a, a different force that the NFL had never seen before as a running threat for a, a quarterback. He completely changed the way that defenses uh, would would approach a team like that who has a, a running quarterback. He set the standard for what a running quarterback is in the NFL. Yeah. And if you really look at it, the the Carolina Hurric- the Carolina uh, Panthers, excuse me, when they had Jonathan Stewart back there, they also had another back. Cam Newton. When yeah. they had uh, Christian McCaffrey back there, they also had another back, Cam Newton. He was somebody you always had to account for, both passing and throwing. And because of that, because of the the difference in the way he played and the way he impacted, and that MVP, I think it says a lot. And I will take team success into account here. Fifteen and one to go to the Super Bowl you didn't win the Super Bowl but to go 15 and 1 basically end up going 18 and 18 and 2 that that whole season man that's got to that's got to mean something and i know it's just one year yeah. but it's got to mean something and i think just based off of that cam newton not a first ballot though it might take 5 to 10 years and i'm fine with that but cam newton deserves a gold jacket I think we're, what what could separate him is like you said is, is the rushing because when you look at it in terms of just the passing stats, he only had one passing season of over four thousand yards. I think that it was, was his two. rookie. I think it was no, two. I'm looking at it. He only had one. It was his rookie. What did, what did season. he get his uh, second year? I thirty, thought... just over thirty eight hundred. Okay, so, so he, was, he almost got it. Okay. So he okay. almost got there. Okay. Um, so that's I, I could see that in terms of the passing stats, but yeah, the the rushing is really what separates him because three times in his career as a quarterback, rushed for over seven hundred yards. Three times had double-digit touchdowns. That is really where he he helped change the game in that regard. Yeah, he he really did change the game. So it's an intangible impact that it's sometimes it's hard to quantify, but that is something to definitely keep in mind. Is that he did change the game. I'm borderline on it. I, I really am borderline on it. I right now I lean towards no, but if he gets in, I'm not going to say he shouldn't be there. Uh, in the sense, like like I, like I said with Terrell Davis, I I could be talked into saying yes, but I'm I'm really on that fence right now. To me, I lean towards no. But he was special. Here's here's another thing about him too, is that besides the the shoulder injury, and besides the Liz Frank injury, yeah, Cam was durable through all of that. Much of because it, yeah. you're you're looking at it and like you he played 16 games his first three years, uh, his fourth year played 14 games, 16 games. Uh, during the 2015 season, 15 games during the 2016 season, another 16, and then 14. The and that and that 14 is the year he got that shoulder injury at yeah. Pittsburgh. So he only missed two games that particular year. Now the next year he only played two games. A lot of that had to do with just the Panthers being cautious, sitting him down. Not well, that was also like his foot too. Not knowing what the future was, and yeah. also yeah, his foot, Liz Frank injury. Um, you know they were cautious at first because if you remember during that season there was talk of him potentially coming back. And then it just kind of completely it kept getting worse. Yeah. So then they just kind of shut him down. Then he goes to New England, plays 15 games um, that year, and then um, started with the Panthers in the middle of the season and still played eight games um, in, in 2021. He has been, besides those two injuries, uh, has been very, very durable as a quarterback. Hey, he, was, he was fun to watch. He was fun to watch. So I don't know what his future is going to look like in, in regards to the Hall of Fame. I lean towards, like I said, I lean towards no, but I, 
I can, I can be convinced, Chris. I, I think I he should make convinced. it, especially because of the running threat he was. Uh, he deserves that gold jacket. Not a first ballot, though. I'm not going to go for him as a first ballot.